Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs, I actually have a question for you to start things off today. Don't worry. We're going to call it an unofficial question, so it doesn't affect our quarterback streak. It's like when an actor in a movie gets an uncredited role. They don't get paid for it. This this doesn't officially count. But with the Steelers playing the Raiders on Christmas Eve, Christmas right around the corner, what's your favorite holiday movie? What's the Labriola household settling in to watch before Santa delivers the presents on Christmas Eve? (laughs) There's only one. Really? And I'm shocked that you wouldn't have like thrown this title out knowing me as you do. You don't know my wife, but she married me. So that, you know, gives you some hint. Um, there's only one Christmas movie, bad Santa, bad Santa, a classic, not one of, I, I like the Santa Claus. I'm a little bit more of a, a youthful person when it comes to that. I like the family friendly variety of Santa Claus, not the Billy Bob yeah, Thornton. I, <laughs> well, and I was going to say, and, you know, bad Santa, but not the TV 14 uh, rated one either. I mean, you can, uh, on our DVR, we have it uh, taped and saved, the uh, unrated version, because, you know, if you're going to have Billy Bob Thornton um, being a drunk Santa Claus, you know, I want everything that goes with that. Exactly. It really puts me in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> All right, our first question officially today comes from Pete Albertini from Newcastle, PA, and it is a quarterback question. He asks, do the Steelers have any interest in quarterback Josh Dobbs? He was recently cut by the Browns. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that what, what I've learned about Steelers fans and quarterbacks is the longer you're away from them or... Uh, don't play, the more they like you. <laughs> you know, who knows? I mean, maybe Neil O'Donnell now is a favorite in Steelers Nation. But, um, you know, all of the – and I'm, I'm sidetracking here just a little bit. But like the, in the last week leading up to the game against Carolina, fans wanted Mason Rudolph. Yep. I mean, they forget about booing him. I mean, <laughs> did they forget about 2019 when – they they wanted Duck Hodges instead of Mason Rudolph, but now, you know, Mason hasn't played in a while, and so all's forgiven, I guess, um, with the fans. Not that, um, you know, I I I always thought Mason was okay, but anyway, uh, to answer the question, sorry to go off on a little tangent there. No, I cannot imagine the Steelers would have any interest in 
Josh Dobbs, bringing him back. I mean, why? And for the better of the country as a whole, NASA should be the only organization interested in Josh Dobbs right now. <laughs> right, exactly. Daniel, yeah, was... there are things, there are things Josh Josh Dobbs I think can accomplish in his life that would be much more meaningful to the country and to the human race than being a backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Daniel Mazenko from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. If Baker Mayfield were to be a free agent in the offseason and the Steelers move on from Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky as backups, would you offer him a camp tryout for the backup quarterback position? I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't laugh in the middle of a question. It's my bad. <laughs> um, you know, I was laughing myself. Baker Mayfield now. You know, I mean, <laughs> again, um, well, let, me, let, let, let me just start with this. Uh, Mason Rudolph can become an unrestricted free agent in March 2023. So, you know, it's not going to be an issue of the Steelers moving on from him after this season. And, you know, I really don't envision a realistic scenario where Mason Rudolph would look back on, you know, this whole process and his season in 2022 and, and come to the conclusion of, hey, I have an idea. I think I'll resign with the Steelers. That was so much fun. Um, so I think Mason Rudolph, and, and I think he's going to move on, not necessarily for more money, but I think, you know, he just wants a chance, you know, to play or carve out a role for himself, something beyond, you know, standing on the uh, sideline in street clothes. Mitch Trubisky, however, is another factor entirely, and he's under contract for 2023. So, you know, my... Um, understanding is that, you know, the Steelers would have interest uh, in Mitch Trubisky uh, in a backup role behind Kenny Pickett moving forward. You know, how long that would, that, how long that might last. You know, he has one more year on his contract. And uh, while the base salary for that contract in 2023 is $8 million, and people might think, wow, that's too much to pay for a backup. Well, it's really not too much to pay at the position, you know, for the your number one and number two quarterbacks, right. because Kenny Pickett makes nothing. You know, he's he's be in the second year of his rookie contract, I believe. You know what his base salary is going to be is 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 the league minimum because you know what with these draft picks and their rookie deals, they get a signing bonus based on where they were drafted, and then their salaries for the four years are pretty much the league minimum. I don't know if there were some incentives in Pickett's deal or whatever, but he certainly is not going to be a drain on the Steelers' salary cap for the next couple, three years for sure. So when you're looking at what the team is paying for its top two quarterbacks, you, know, you can carry Trubisky's $8 million and it's still a low number. So based on that, um, I would rather have Trubisky than Baker Mayfield 100 times out of 100. Couldn't I mean, ag- yeah, couldn't agree more with that. Derek Lake from Webster, Florida. I love Cam Hayward, but he needs some help on the defensive line. Since Larry Ogunjobi and Tyson Alualu returned from injury, we have been better in stopping the run game. With all of them over 30, don't you think we need to get younger during the offseason? Um, you know, I don't know what uh, Derek means with by when he writes with all of them over 30 because that describes... Cam Hayward and Tyson Alualu. 
Uh, but Larry Ogunjobi doesn't turn 29 until next June. Mm. Montrevious Adams uh, will be 28 next July. Chris Wormley uh, won't be 30 until next October, but now his situation has been clouded by that knee injury. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see how that works out for him. And then DeMarvin Leal, uh, the, the rookie draft pick third round uh, in the 2022 draft, doesn't it will only be 23 next July. So, uh, so that process you know, of getting younger may has already started, is what you're trying to say. Well, I'm just saying that not all those, not everyone on the defensive line is 30 or older. <laughs> um, so I'd still, though, I still believe that you know, fortifying the defensive line should be something that the Steelers are looking to do this coming off season. But if they re sign Ogan Joby and Leal continues to build on the promise he showed before he was injured, you know, there could be other areas of the team cornerback uh, deserving of the first round pick cornerback uh, because, you know, there are other positions where the Steelers have, I think, significant needs cornerback. Um, so, but it's way too early to get too far into that now. Um, but, um, you know, maybe the first round pick is a position other than defensive line cornerback. Uh, because there are other issues. Cornerback. John Hallahan from Butte, Montana. How many primetime games has Coach Mike Tomlin won in his career as an NFL head coach? Okay, um, Mike Tomlin was hired by the Steelers in 2007, and primetime games are Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night. Um, Tomlin is 46-26 and 26 overall. On in prime time, he's you want to break it down. He's nineteen and three on Mondays, nineteen and fourteen on Sunday nights, eight and nine on Thursday nights. So his forty-six and twenty-six record is a winning percentage of six thirty-nine. He loves the prime time games. Is basically <laughs> when those lights come well, on. Or, Coach T's pretty damn good. Well, yeah, or you know the players do. You know, I I do think that. Um, you know, the Steelers in my um, era have been pretty good on a, an occasion games is what I call, them. you know, Monday night football yeah. is an occasion game. Um, the game against um, the Raiders this Saturday. Oh, yeah. Big 50th occasion. anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. That's an occasion game. The first game, the last game of Ben Roethlis, last home game of Ben Roethlisberger's, ben Roethlisberger's career. An occasion game, the first uh, home game in Heinz Field history, the last home game in Three Rivers Stadium history, the first game after Dan Rooney died. You know, these were all occasion games. The Steelers won them all. So I don't know what it is about the team, the players, the coaching staff, the franchise, whatever it is. Um, they seem to have a, a, a fairly um, consistent knack for winning on those occasions. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. 
access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. David Bendinelli from Westminster, Colorado. When an NFL head coach gets fired midseason, another coach takes over the head coach position. Does that interim coach receive a salary increase for the remainder of the season equivalent to what a typical head coach would make? Um, okay, once an, an NFL team decides to fire its coach midseason, during a season, and replace him with you know, usually it's someone on the staff unless, you know, you know somebody who's working on an ESPN set, you know, <laughs> and you figure, hey, let's turn it over to this guy. <laughs> he seems smart. Um, <laughs> who knows? You know, maybe, maybe he'll we'll blow, blow a 30. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest. And let me say this. I don't blame him for that. I mean, yeah, that's right. but it's he's part of it, you know, so he he gets to wear that um, hat as well. Um, okay, so anyway, once that decision is made, then ownership and whoever the interim coach is will negotiate um, a quote-unquote a new contract, an updated contract, however you want to describe it, and that'll include the amount he's to be paid for his new job uh, once that move is made. So maybe it includes a big increase, maybe it doesn't. Um, but whatever it is would be negotiated between the two parties at that time. Michael Johnson from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, excuse me. What happens with unspent salary cap money? Uh, from one season to the next, the team is allowed to roll it over. So let's pretend, you know, I'm just picking numbers out of the sky here. Let's pretend uh, when this season ends, the Steelers are $15 million under the salary cap for 2022. So then next year, um, whenever the new the 2023 salary cap is determined and announced, then on the first day of the new league year, which is always when free agency starts as well, um, that's when teams have to be under, you know, the uh, the new salary cap. Well, if the Steelers say, let's say the salary next the 2023 salary cap is again picking a number out of the sky, 200 million. Then their salary cap would be two hundred fifty fifteen million because of the fifteen they had left over that they got to roll over. Val McMorris from Tyler, Texas. I typically detest when fans suggest player position switches as much as you, but here's an exception in my rationale. We can all agree our left tackle is the weakest link in pass protection, struggling for speed with some power, but he run blocks well. Doesn't that scream guard? <laughs> I love how um, submissions speak for me. We can you know, all agree. We all agree, Labs. Come on, he stinks, all right? <laughs> Shouldn't have even made the team out of training camp. We've all been saying it. <laughs> yes, haven't we all? Including Coach um, Tomlin, so it's a miracle that he made the team. Right? <laughs> um, no, I, 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 don't, I don't agree that uh, Dan Moore, who is our left tackle, to use Val's <laughs> um, terminology, is so poor in pass protection that he should be moved inside to guard. And, you know, usually my uh, 
method in these kinds of issues is rather than trying to think I know know it myself or you know read social media or those other um, how was it one one person on social media described Twitter as a cesspool of misinformation which I thought was kind of fun sounds pretty accurate um, yeah um, but I go to Max Starks and Craig Wolfley okay and I say what's the deal you know, that's why I love training camp. Those guys are there every day as I am. And when I want to know something about the offensive line, I just ask them. And that's that works for me because I know what I don't know. Um, and they don't they don't think that either. I mean, now they're they're not saying that, uh, you know, Dan Moore currently deserves to make the Pro Bowl, but they think that he has, you know, a lot of the basic uh, skills and qualities to develop into a you know decent uh, NFL starter at left tackle. He just needs a little bit more time, and um, you know there is a history with the Steelers of guys like that. John Jackson, tenth round pick. Um, you know, and I was just thinking this over in my head real quick um, when when I got this question. I can't remember a first round pick left tackle who started for the Steelers since Joe Green was drafted in 1969. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, for a long period, it was John Kolb, who was a third-round pick. But, you know, guys who have played that position, Tunchilkin for a while, he was a six, Kolb, um, you know, Ray Penny, um, Max Starks, um, you know, Jonathan Martin. I mean, there were a lot of guys who uh, played the position for the Steelers often in, in successful seasons, you know, and even in that game where, you know, they hand out a trophy at the end of it. I forget what that's called. Oh, confetti man. and all something that stuff. Super. I can't. Yeah, yeah. something like, yeah. Um, we're not high draft picks. So, again, I'm not saying that the Steelers should not invest the number one pick in the in left tackle. Uh, I'm just saying that they haven't done that a lot and they've won a lot of games and a bunch of trophies uh, without doing that Uh, and I don't think Dan Moore is is somebody you want to throw in the scrap heap yet or move him move his position or any of that yet I I, you know he's not uh, a strain on the salary cap Uh, I'd give him another year just to see I think he's gotten better um, throughout this season uh, I'm not down on Dan Moore at all, and neither are Max or Wolf. And I don't think that the Steelers are either. I don't know that personally, but I, I would imagine that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that fans have been patient ever in the history of watching sports and cheering on for teams, but don't you find that the patience of fan bases are becoming less and less in the modern era? I mean, if Dan Moore's not Anthony Munoz by Game 5, this guy's bust. And it's the same way with court. If Kenny Pickett's not Dan Marino by Game 5, ah, forget about him, move on. It, really bothers me that well, there's I'm, no patience really given anymore with these guys. I'm already getting questions, you know, if this, if there's a really good quarterback there in the first oh. round of the 2023 draft, do you think the Steelers should pick him? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Well, and it's the other way, too. You know, Baker Mayfield now, he's going to the Hall of Fame. That's he had right. one, one good, good quarter drive. against, yeah, and I, he's, oh, my God, he's he's great. <laughs> So, yeah, everything is instant. Fall in love, fall out of love. Um, 
you know, he's a hero, he's a zero, whatever, you know, um, why wait? 15 minutes, I need a decision in 15 minutes, and uh, please be as definitive as possible. That seems to be the new motto. David Zapparo from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. When a player is activated from the practice squad to the 53-man roster, what does that mean? Is the player actually in uniform that game, or is the player in sweats on the sidelines? And if he isn't suited up for the game, what is the point of activating said player? Okay, um, a player is activated from the practice squad to the 53-man roster, and all that means is he's available to play in games uh, for as long as he's on the 53-man roster. Now, whether he's active or inactive on game day is a decision made by the head coach. And if you're looking for a reason why a player might be activated from the practice squad and then made inactive, is uh, it's for insurance. Because there are the rules stipulate that certain things have to be done by certain times of the week uh, leading up to a game. So here's an example. If you want to move a guy from the practice squad to the 53-man roster, that has to be done by 4 p.m. on the day before the game. So let's just pretend the game's Sunday. So by 4 p.m. Saturday, if you want to move a guy up from the practice squad, uh, you have to do it by 4 p.m. on Saturday. That's when the paper has to go. The papers have to go into the league. Okay. Now, the active, inactive lists don't have to be turned into the officials, on-site officials, until 90 minutes before kickoff. So again, Sunday game, one o'clock for our purposes of our example. That's 11.30. Okay, now there's a long time between 4 o'clock on Saturday and 11.30 on Sunday. So let's say, you know, um, you have a couple of guys who are questionable, um, you know, through the week of practice, uh, but you're thinking that they can be available for the game. Or you're thinking that they're not going to be available for the game. So, you bring up a guy from the practice squad because you have to do it by 4 p.m. on Saturday. So then Sunday morning you wake up and the guys you think can't play are feeling better. They're examined. The doctor says, hey, they're good to go. So you ended up not needing the insurance policy that you brought up from the practice squad because the guys you already have on the roster who you didn't think were going to be available are available. So the guy you brought up from the practice squad is on the inactive list. Kevin Walter Meyer from Hampton, Virginia asks, did John Madden really never coach in Three Rivers Stadium again after the Immaculate Reception? <laughs> I never heard this one. Um, <laughs> and I can I can vouch with my own eyes. A little that, John Madden urban legend on Asked and Answer today. <laughs> um, I can vouch with my own eyes that John Madden, in fact, did coach uh, in Three Rivers Stadium <laughs> at least a few times after the Immaculate Reception. You know, just to put it, put some dates on it, um, Madden was the Raiders coach from 69 through 78. And games uh, in that series, Steelers-Raiders, were played in Pittsburgh in 1974 uh, during the regular season in the 1975 AFC Championship game, and then in 1977 during the regular season. Um, the Steelers played all their home games in the 70s at Three Rivers Stadium and Madden was the Raiders head coach and I'm sure he did not not show up you know for games in Pittsburgh because he was honked off about you know the Immaculate reception um, and personally I did see him 
at the 1975 AFC Championship game at Three Rivers Stadium uh, because he never stopped whining about that game either. <laughs> Ed Gott from Ligonier, PA. I always get confused when a player goes out of bounds and the referee does not stop the clock. In other cases, such as the final minutes of the game, the clock stops on all the out-of-bounds situations. Can you clarify what the rules are about clock stoppages? Okay, uh, in an effort to, you know, um, shorten the length of games. Thank God this for that. Hap- this ha- yes, this happened years ago. Um, out-of-bounds plays only stop the clock in the final two minutes of the first half and then during the final five minutes of the second half. All other out-of-bounds plays, you know, the, the clock either continues to run or it stops only for a brief time, you know, until the ball is, is spotted, if there's any kind of administrative things that the officials need to get, you know, straightened away before the next play. And then they will wind it again, you know, immediately. So that those are the rules. Final two minutes of the first half, the, ball, the clock stopped on out-of-bounds plays. Final five minutes of the second half. The clock clock stops on out of bounds plays, and all of us who work with the team or around the team are extremely grateful for that rule change <laughs> taking effect. Our final question today comes from David Bogner from Germantown, Wisconsin. How and when did the immaculate reception get its name, and who came up with it? You know the the attendance, the actual attendance for that game, uh, I believe it's fifty thousand three hundred something. Because, you know, it was early in Three Rivers Stadium before some uh, renovations and, and, and the uh, seating was expanded. So that was the uh, announced turnstile attendance for that game. Now, since then, I mean, it's grown into the millions by people claiming to have been there uh, just based on the significance of the event. But so um, there were 50,000 some people there uh, and, and a bunch who now claim that they were who who were not. Uh, Myron Cope, though, was one of the people who was there for sure, uh, and he was instrumental in naming uh, what now is referred to as the greatest play in NFL history. Uh, Cope, at the time, was the color analyst on the radio broadcast, uh, the Steelers Radio Network, which was on a station, uh, WTAEAM, and Jack Fleming was the play-by-play guy. So those two guys were in the booth for that game. And then Cope wrote about how the play got its name in his book uh, titled Double Yoid, which I I recommend highly to Steelers fans. A lot of great anecdotes. Um, You'll feel like you're sitting um, in a bar next to Cope listening to him tell stories when you read this. And he tells great stories and he was there for a lot of it. So I'm just going to read to you uh, the passage from the book that deals with naming the Immaculate Reception. Okay, here's Cope. After the game, I dined with, I dined with my wife, then drove to Pittsburgh's WTAE-TV studios to deliver a commentary on the game for the 11 o'clock news. Meanwhile, a Steelers fan in his late 20s named Michael Ord was celebrating Franco's catch at a downtown bar fittingly named The Interlude. As boisterous fans toasted the victory, Ord climbed upon a chair and with a spoon tapping his glass for attention, he said, This day 
will forever be known as the Feast of the Immaculate Reception. Then to a friend of his, Sharon Lavosky, who was in attendance also, Ord suggested, call Myron Cope. When my phone rang in the newsroom, I listened to Sharon's suggestion and said, that's fantastic, let me give it some thought. The Immaculate Reception? Tasteless? I pondered the matter for 15 seconds and cried out, whoopee. <laughs> Having conferred upon Franco's, Franco's touchdown, its name for 11 o'clock news viewers to embrace. I accept neither credit, nor should you hold the moniker to be impious blame. <laughs> and there it is. That's a pro Myron move at the Cope. end there, too, covering both of his bases. <laughs> <laughs> Cope was a pro, storyteller, um, journalist, announcer, inventor of the terrible towel, a man of many talents. And Saturday night at Akershore is going to be an absolute blast celebrating Franco, retiring his number, and celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So if you can, make sure you get down to Akershore for that. You are not going to want to miss that. All we got for you today on Asked and Answered, thanks as always for giving us a listen. If you want to get a question read on the next edition, make sure you get it into labs now, and maybe you'll be one of the lucky few. Enjoy the holiday coming up. Enjoy the Steelers and Raiders. For Bob Labriol, I'm Tom Opferman, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.